This episode is brought to you by Ursa Minor Outfitters. Folks, I'm absolutely in love with my Loon mug. It's handmade. It's an absolute piece of art. Whether it's at the office or at the house, people keep asking to check it out. If you're not a Loon fan, they also have other beautiful mugs for wildlife fans of moose, bears, and eagles. They specialize in products highlighting the outdoors and local pride through quality design by local artists. They've even started expanding into items beyond mugs, like apparel, dog accessories, and soon candles and more. They also try to partner and highlight other small businesses and in some cases forgo profits in lieu of charitable giving to help their community such as the dog rescue. So check them out ursaminoroutfitters.com and enter promo code HIKESMIKES10 at checkout to receive 10% off your order. And for our four-legged hiking partners they also have a portable silicone dog bowl and also sweet over-the-collar dog bandana. Go check them out ursaminoroutfitters.com and don't forget to enter promo code HIKESMIKES10 at checkout to receive 10% off your order. episode of the Hikes and Mikes podcast. I'm your host Ivan and I'm excited to share this new season of the podcast with you. With both fall and winter arriving in the Pacific Northwest, it's time to store the mobile recording studio. This season we'll be switching things up and interviewing some of my favorite hikers that I follow on Instagram virtually. We're following a similar format to season one where the first part of the episode focuses on the guest and their hiking adventures and we're still going to end each episode with a speed round of this or that questions all related to hiking. Today's episode features an inspirational backpacker from East Central Nevada. Her name is Kelly and you can follow her on Instagram at kelly.ann with the number three. We talked to Kelly about her multi-day backpacking trips on the John Muir Trail, the Colorado Trail, and the Tahoe Rim Trail. We also learn about some of her current hiking goals and which two animals stand out to her that she's crossed paths on the trails. Without further ado, let's jump into our episode with Kelly. Welcome, everyone, to the latest episode of the Hikes and Mikes podcast. I am here with Kelly. I'm from East Central Nevada. I'm really excited to talk to her about her multi-day hikes and some of the adventures that she's had over the last couple years in regards to hiking. Thanks, Kelly, for joining us on the podcast today. For our audience members, can you share a little bit about yourself? Well, sure. Well, thanks for having me, Ivan. My name is Kelly DeBrescu. I live in East Central Nevada, Ely, Nevada, put it on the map. I actually work outdoors for a living. I'm a forester here at the Bureau of Land Management. So I actually get to hike as part of my job. I kind of fell in love with hiking actually not that long ago in 2020. I did my first through hike solo. I'm a solo hiker. And prior to that, I did a little bit of backpacking here and there. I used to be a wilderness ranger for the Forest Service 10 years ago. And that's where I first got my taste of backpacking. But I was with other crew members and other wilderness rangers. So I wasn't solo back then. It actually didn't interest me that much, I guess, (laughs) back then, partly because I just was pretty inexperienced and I didn't really know what I was doing. I had all the wrong gear. Everything was heavy. It just wasn't, you know, very fun to me, I guess. So yeah, in 2020, I took my first through hike. I did the John Muir Trail and here I am. I've done a couple more and uh, hiking and through hiking has just changed my life and my whole entire life has changed 
the people around me have changed, my whole mentality. And it is really something that you have to do and experience, I guess they say, to understand it fully. Definitely. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about your your multi-day hikes. So it's interesting that that you said that it didn't interest you at first hiking, because I had a buddy who worked for the Forest Service who actually got me into hiking. But like after year three of working in the Forest Service, he's like, I'm hiking all day for work on the weekends. It's kind of nice to just relax and and not have to hike. So I definitely get that perspective where if you do it as a job, sometimes it's nice to take a break from it on the weekends. Definitely. (laughs) Now, Kelly, with your neck of the woods in in East Central Nevada, I was really shocked at the just the, the different landscapes in the area. For our audience members who might not necessarily know that section of Nevada, because I think a lot of people, when they think of Nevada, they think of Southern Nevada, Las Vegas, but it is truly gorgeous up in your neck of the woods. How would you describe it to the audience where you hike? Yeah, so we are very diverse here. I actually lived in Vegas, and that's the Mojave Desert, and so it's so different from where I'm at currently. So I'm in the heart of the Great Basin, and it's a cold desert, so we have elevation from 5,000 feet all the way to 13,000 feet plus. So valley floors all the way to alpine, and you have everything in between. And I don't know exactly what classifies the most mountainous, but it is said that Nevada is one of the most mountainous states in the lower 48. So we have hundreds of mountain ranges actually in our state and kind of something cool. They all run north to south. And the Great Basin region is defined as like, you know, you have like basins and then mountains, like kind of like big bowls. It's kind of what it looks like through our valleys. And from some of your, your most recent photos, you also get some amazing fall colors from some of the trees there in your areas. Yeah. Now, has that gone away already oh, this yeah. year? <laughs> in fact, I only got a <laughs> few pictures this year. I was just too busy working on other stuff. But yeah, we have beautiful aspen trees and aspen groves. Not really like, you know, back east, but it's still pretty. Yeah, definitely. And doing research on Nevada in general, I was surprised by the number of peaks that were over 10,000 feet. And, and you said it's, it's a mountainous region. Now, one of the goals that you set is to hike 150 peaks in your county, ranging anywhere from 6,000 feet to 13,000 plus feet. Can you share how you kind of came up with that idea and how it's going so far? Yeah. So I never considered myself a peak bagger. I did make a post a little while ago, I revisited a peak that I did in 2012. And back then, I just didn't get with those folks like saw and peak bagging. It was a miserable experience to me. I was the last one up there. I was wearing jeans. I, I want to say my pack was like near 40 pounds. I mean, I just packed all my fears. And it's kind of funny. I I didn't hike for many years, like between 2013 to 2020. I hiked off and on for work here and there, but I didn't seriously hike or, you know, bag peace. But yeah, I just, in 2020, something happened and I just got inspired. I started watching YouTube videos, actually, of all those through hikers, like completing the Pacific Crest Trail, the CDT, the AT. And I was like, man, I could do that. Like, you know, because I saw how it just like changed people's lives. It just like completely turned them around. And so I kind of set this goal to hike 150 peaks in my county. I'm kind of a list person. I like having lists and goals to try and reach and it just kind of keeps me on track. And I thought it would be fun to do. And what's the, the tally up right now? I think I hit 21. 
this weekend. Nice. Right on. I recently posted, Kelly, and I had a similar experience. My first ever hike um, was almost 20 years ago. My buddies took me up on this. It was only 5,000 feet, but it was my very first hike, and it was just straight up. There wasn't no switchbacks. It was just two miles of 3,000 feet of elevation gain and multiple false summits, and I just hated it. And it turned me off from hiking. I was like, if this is hiking, I don't want anything to do with it. So I just revisited it maybe two weeks ago, and it was still a challenging hike, but I definitely got to appreciate it more now that I am into hiking and and understand that not all trails have switchbacks, and sometimes you're going to fall into some false summits, but it was really nice to kind of revisit that peak. I probably won't do it for another 20 years, but it was really nice to to get it off the list again. That's awesome. And you kind of touched on it, Kelly, that you did the John Muir Trail over the course of 10 days. And during that time, you also summited Mount Whitney, which sits at, I think, 14,000, a little over 14,000 feet. For me as a day hiker, can you share your experience about hiking the John Muir Trail? Because it just looked unbelievable each day that, that you hiked. It was just almost a new landscape. And then how was it summiting Mount Whitney? Yeah. So this is my first backpacking trip solo and also my longest. I've done eight day hitches when I was a ranger, but that I was always with other people. So yeah, I embarked on this journey. I hiked uh, southbound and I started to plan in that hike probably a year from when I actually did it. So I kind of believe in like visualizing and manifesting. And so for a year, I just kind of thought about my mileage, what I wanted to accomplish, how many days off I had from work. And I just kind of envisioned myself just what it felt like standing on top of Whitney, you know, and I saw all the posts that people make and the photos of them holding the sign. And and so I just took a year and I just thought about it each and every day. I actually didn't really train at all for that hike. And so it was pretty brutal on my body. But the experience, the solo experience is just unbelievable. And I mean, it's not for everyone. You know, there's a lot of people that like to hike with other people. And I mean, I get it. And it's probably safer, to be honest. But for me, there's nothing else like it. And I'll always be a solo hiker. And the John Muir Trail, I chose that because I have never seen anything like the John Muir Trail, like the Sierra Nevada. Like I just saw it like in pictures, you know, I've never witnessed beauty like that. So I was just like yeah. overwhelmed. I didn't know what to think of the landscape. It was just, I was completely captivated by it. And I'm not a very emotional person, but <laughs> I mean, seeing some of those lakes, summiting those passes and then summiting Whitney, it was just took my breath away (laughs) yeah yeah those pictures you know just looking at instagram are remarkable and sometimes instagram doesn't do it justice when you finally see it in person it's just almost another level yeah with the john muir trail kelly how many miles was that in total oh gosh you're putting me on the spot here it's just under 200 holy cow okay and were you averaging about the same amount of mileage each day or due to elevation gain were some days more or less i think i wanted to average about 18 miles a day, I think I wanted to do. And I hit that. I'm kind of a, nice. like when I set a goal on my mileage, like I'll probably, you know, I'm the type of person that'll, I mean, I'm going to get it. <laughs> I did end up rolling my ankle. Um, (laughs) I don't know if it was on day two, maybe, into my hike. And that was my shortest day. I think I only got Mm. nine miles. And then that kind of threw me off for the rest of the trip. Gotcha. But you still made it. I still made it. Even on a a rolled ankle. (laughs) Even on a rolled ankle. And summited Mount Whitney. And summited. (laughs) 
Yeah, I had to get up at two that in the morning because awesome. I wanted to get up there and you know see the sunrise. So I got up at two and oh, perfect. Packed up all my things and yeah, I, it was a real struggle. I think my body was done with me on on that final day. I I felt it. There was people passing me like crazy. But I just kept going, and I finally made it. Nice. And that was the first one of many more that came. So looking through your Instagram, you also did the Ruby Crest Trail, the Colorado Trail, and then the Tahoe Rim Trail. Out of all those, including the John Muir Trail, which one would you say was the most physically challenging? And then also, which one kind of threw the most surprises your way? That's kind of hard, like, just to choose one. You know, the John Muir Trail, I think... Thinking back, I think it was probably the most difficult just because, I mean, the terrain is just extreme, like alpine, just big old huge granite slabs and huge granite steps. I mean, some of those steps, I swear, were like three feet tall. I had to like sit down on my butt and like scoot. You know, which I have short little legs, so yeah. <laughs> probably for someone taller, it, it wouldn't be as a struggle. Um, but honestly, if I were to choose one, I would probably say the Colorado Trail was probably the toughest just because I had to do that one in 20 days, which was 500 miles. Oh, wow. And there were multiple days where I was above, you know, 10,000 feet. That whole entire trail, it averages above 10,000 feet. So there was a section where I didn't come down from 12,000 for a couple days. So that was pretty extreme and dealing with the weather was really, really difficult. And I actually realized from that trail that that's probably my biggest fear being on trail is the weather, thunder, lightning, rain. Yeah, because a lot of people don't know, or or, I mean, I think people in that area know, but that Denver or or Colorado gets a monsoon season and storms can form quickly without any advance notice. And I lived in Phoenix and some of those storms you could see from miles away. But still, just the the raw power of them can be pretty daunting, especially if you're on trail. Yeah. And is there anyone that kind of threw you a lot of surprises that you weren't expecting? So the Tahoe Rim Trail, I thought was, and that's the one that I completed this summer. I thought that was going to be a breeze. And I still did it, you know, in seven and a half days. I still met my goal. But I thought that was just going to be a walk in the park. I didn't do a ton of research on the elevation gains or anything like that. I just kind of set like a daily mileage that I wanted to do. And the first day I did a 30 mile day. I mean, it hurt me pretty bad. (laughs) You definitely should not roll (laughs) off the couch and go do that. I don't recommend that. But then after that, it just kind of got a little bit tougher. I mean, you Mm -hmm. know, I still did it, but I underestimated it, I guess. And Tahoe was interesting because when I visited, you know, there's pockets that's all forests, no houses, and then you get pockets of resorts and, and tourist shops and places. Did the, the, the Tahoe Rim Trail kind of weave in between those two environments from forest? And then did you have to deal with the highway or, or the towns? Yeah, it, it uh, weaved through like, you know, there was like little communities of houses that you'd have to kind of like walk through and then echo chalet that's like a really busy touristy place that Mm -hmm. whole entire lake is just filled with boats and people and gets very busy in the summer but everyone was really nice that i encountered i did have to do some highway crossing and (laughs) honestly that was probably the scariest part like because people don't stop and there's no like walkways or crosswalks and so and i'm not a runner and (laughs) 
I had to run across the highway and people would honk and, you know, they're not going to slow down. So, I mean, gosh, if I were to drop something, I just, I would have had to leave it. Oh, no. (laughs) With that trail, Kelly, where did you start on? Did you start on the north side, the south side of the lake or or in the middle? I started at Mount Rose, just right there at the highway. So it's the northeast part of the trail, just right outside of Reno. You take that highway. Oh, okay. That's where I started and ended. Nice. And one thing I noticed when I was there is there's a lot of good sections of bike paths that crossed into the forest and kind of got you around the south side of the lake. Did you have to hop onto some of those bike tracks or was it all forest trails? Yeah. So actually, the very southern part of the trail, that's where I ran into the most mountain bikers. And I ran Mm. into a lot of mountain bikers on the CT as well. And they are by far (laughs) the scariest animal On trail. (laughs) Very nice people. In fact, I have friends that are mountain bikers, so I can say this. But, (laughs) geez, you have to share the trail, and, you know, it's for everyone to enjoy. But, man, some of those switchbacks and some of those turns, they'll just come whipping out of nowhere. I've actually had to dive into the bushes, you know, a few times just to move off a trail. Yeah. And some of them have little little bells or something, but... Nice folks. Give you a heads up. But, yeah. <laughs> Gosh, you better move. <laughs> yeah. Now, I I saw one summit ritual that you did, but I feel like a lot of hikers have a, a summit ritual or maybe at the end of the hike, they have a routine, whether it's a favorite snack maybe a a meal or a restaurant, possibly some trail brews. What would you say is your summit ritual or end of day routine or end of hike routine? Well, if I'm just day hiking or just like an overnight trip, I mean, it's beer. I'm I'm taking a summit beer. (laughs) (laughs) At the end of a long hike, it's always a burger and a beer. Uh, I like that. Any particular beer that you're a fan of for the summit? Uh, In a can. (laughs) In a can. (laughs) I do like Pilsner. Yes, please take cans. Yeah, but no, I'm not really that picky. With the burgers, do you have any particular spots that you're fond of for the restaurants as far as as getting that burger? Just whatever's open. I like that. Now, over your your time and doing all these multi-day hikes and and day hiking, I imagine that your pack list has changed from when you did the John Muir Trail to the most recent hike that you did. Out of all the items in your pack, what would you consider your MVP item? Probably my rain jacket. Yeah, I've actually, I took a very light jacket when I did the Colorado Trail. I went extremely ultralight for me, and I just kind of realized the ultralight it has its purpose and its function probably more so like in the desert i should have used that particular rain jacket but i have actually increased the weight of some of my gear because some of the ultralight gear just doesn't really function well for me because i'm pretty rough on it i need it to work and i don't like being wet when i hike so Yeah, that's a killer. It's so versatile. Like I can layer it, you know, with my pussy or wear it at night or wear it first thing in the morning because I like to get up and hike pretty early. So it's like the perfect okay. layer. Yeah, it's not just serving that one function as a rain jacket, but it's a it's a multi-form jacket for you. Yeah. Now on the, on the flip side, Kelly, has there been a piece of gear that you thought was going to be a game changer but ended up being more of a flop? Yeah, I learned a lot of stuff from the JMT. I think 
I took some, took a fishing pole. I, I took a frying pan. I took a pocket shower. <laughs> I mean, and those are all great. Like, you know, if I wasn't hiking an extremely long distance or, you know, but I just realized, and I never used that fishing pole <laughs> or the pan oh. or the pocket shower. <laughs> You know, looking at some of the the photos from there, some of those lakes, do you think they were stocked with fish or or had some fish that you could have fished at? I think some of them did, especially around like the main trailheads where a lot of people can get to um, and do Mm -hmm. some like day trips too. Um, I saw a lot of people. Right on. Now for first time hikers or those that are interested in multi-day hikes, what advice would you have for them to have a safe and rewarding experience on the trails if they're looking at getting into multi-day? Day hikes. I think they need to be very aware of their own capabilities. They need to be aware of what they can be able to handle mentally. Like if you don't like to get dirty and sticky and that's just outside of your comfort zone or you like to shower regularly, you got to think about those things. Like you're not going to have the mm-hmm. fluffy pillow that you do at home. You're not going to have the shower. There's going to be days that you're going to want to quit. And sometimes that's kind of hard. Like if you're away from a trailhead or away from the next big town to get a hitch somewhere. But to encourage people to get out there, like you're never going to know if it's for you unless you do it. So start with like an overnight or somewhere, you know, just work work your way up. Yeah, ease into it instead of committing to something that maybe you're not prepared for. Yeah. Now, Kelly, you bring up a good point that you know once they're out there if they're going to do it alone they're going to they're going to be alone and i've seen a lot more people wearing the garmin messenger and then now that apple is saying the iphone's going to be able to do sos text messaging do you carry one of those emergency messengers on, on your hikes i do i carry the garmin mini mm-hmm. i can't say that i use it all the time but i definitely wouldn't do a trip without it um and not just for me like if someone else were to get hurt i mean having a way to call in or you know that's pretty handy and is that many uh kelly just for text messaging or could you also make a call in an emergency just text messages you know one of the the great things that i liked about your post that you did is that you post the wildlife that you encounter on the trails and you've come across a lot of them from elk deer even a badger a snake which one got your heart pumping the most and then on the flip side, which one kind of melted your heart when you saw it? So what got my heart pumping was definitely the bear. We don't have bears where I live. Um, They're just not Mm -hmm. in my area. So I don't have to worry about that. And so I kind of always wanted to see a bear in person, but not But not really. And I saw one on the Tahoe Rim Trail. And actually, a day hiker was going in the opposite direction of me. And he said, hey, there's a mama bear just right up there. And she has a cub, if not two cubs. And she's, and I think that's when they get pretty aggressive, you know, is when they have cubs. Yeah. So I had to like bushwhack all the way around the trail, like up in the trees. Oh, wow. I went on top of a small little ridge. and But I actually saw her as I was coming down because I came down. Down a little bit too soon, <laughs> and I kind of ran. <laughs> but it was cool. I got a photo of her, oh, and I just that definitely nice. got my heart pumping. The coolest animal is a rubber boa that I spotted on the Tahoe Rim Trail. I didn't know what it was, but I asked some of my some of my friends when I posted, and sure enough, it was a rubber boa. So that was cool. Never seen one of those. Yeah, neither have I. It, it doesn't look like your average snake. It's it's kind of hard to describe. It's almost like a super long lizard but with no legs yeah 
like the the head's a little different from a regular snake and just the the body type and the way it looks is is very unique yeah i really wanted to touch it because i'm like that <laughs> but I, I didn't know <laughs> now those aren't poisonous right kelly i don't think so They're... Now, with two, well, less than two months left in 2022, do you have any hiking goals for the rest of the year? And then any hiking goals for the next year in 2023? Well, for the rest of this year, I did sign up to do a Winter 100 Challenge. It was mainly to um, stay fit through the winter, just because even though I do hike for work, I don't know, I guess your body kind of gets used to it when you're doing, you know, things outdoors. So on the weekends, I can be pretty lazy, (laughs) like an active lazy person. Person. <laughs> so I signed up to do that challenge to get 100 miles in. It actually goes into next year, so I still have a couple months. But mainly focusing on that, I want to get a few miles in each weekend. And then for next year, I haven't announced that yet, but I'm definitely doing another through hike. It nice. won't be all trail, is what I will say. It's a route. So. Okay. So yeah. Oh, we'll have to that. keep people posted on that. Yeah. If I make it out alive, it'll be my most epic hike probably that I will ever do in my life. So. <laughs> oh, I'm stoked. I'm excited to see it when you complete it. Yeah. I was going to ask you, Kelly. So I'm up in the Pacific Northwest and you've done a, a lot of hiking in the Sierra Nevadas, Colorado and there in Nevada. Have you ever had a chance to make it up to the Pacific Northwest and hike around here? I have not done any hikes. I flew into Seattle and I spent a couple of days there. But I have not explored the forest or anything. It, it rained okay. the entire time I was there. <laughs> of course, of course, in in regular Seattle fashion. Yeah. <laughs> but now I haven't explored. But, it looks beautiful. I would love the opportunity one day. Yeah, and even if it's just like a training trip, I think you'd really get a good good experience on the Wonderland Trail around Mount Rainier National Park. Yeah. That's definitely on my uh, list, that, sure. Yeah, everybody that's done it has told me how wonderful an experience it's been to, to hike around that mountain. Well, that was it for the regular questions, Kelly. This next portion of the episode is the this or that questions. So I'm going to give you two options that are hiking related. You just choose the one that you prefer out of the two. Ascending or descending? Ascending. Waterfalls or summits? Summits. Switchbacks or straight up? Switchbacks. Trek poles or freehand? Trek poles. And do you feel up before or do you fill up after? Before. And do you bushwhack or go around? Go around. Jump in or stay dry? Stay dry. And sunsets or sunrises? Sunrises. Spring flowers or fall colors? Spring flowers. And do you tag a hike or do you not tag a hike? Tag it. Nice. Awesome, Kelly. Now for our audience members, if they want to see some of your previous hikes and the upcoming adventure for 2023 that you're going to, I know you're going to succeed and, and and make it, how can they follow you on, on Instagram? What's your handle? Yeah, it's just my name. I don't have a cool handle, but it's just Kelly and three. Nice. We'll put it in the show notes and, and people can, can click on it so they can follow your journeys. And the other great thing that you've done is you also, I think you've done some videos of your pack list over the the last couple of years so if they want to see what your your pack list looks like um, that's another great area that they can check out as well yeah i do have a, a link in my bio and you can go in there and see the tahoe rim trail and the colorado trail 
my lighter pack links are in there for the gear junkies. Great, yeah, I'll share those as well. What was the average weight for your pack on those trips? Can you recall? I aimed to be 12 pounds or less. So the Colorado Trail, my base weight was, I think, just under nine pounds without consumables. I went ultra light. Nice. And then for the Tahoe Rim Trail, I want to say it was like 11 pounds. But in okay. total, my pack weight is always about 26 pounds with food and water base weight. Nice. Awesome. Well, thank you, Kelly, for joining us today on the Hikes and Mikes podcast. Really great time talking to you and, and learning about your experiences on multi-day hikes. If anybody's interested in checking out, please check out Kelly on Instagram and, and follow her and see um, her adventures. But thanks again, Kelly, for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Kelly, for joining us on the latest episode of the Hikes and Mikes podcast. Make sure to follow her on Instagram at kelly.ann with the number three to check out all her recent hiking adventures and to see what was in her pack list on her multi-day hikes. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Hikes and Mikes podcast. We'll be putting out new episodes every week through the fall and winter. Be sure to like and subscribe to not miss out on those. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Hikes and Mikes. Catch you on the next one. This episode's music was created by Ketza. Follow him on Instagram at Ketsum Music. This episode is brought to you by Flip Socks. Whether you're on the trail, on the job, or in the yard, Flip Socks will keep Mother Nature out of your boots with their innovative nylon sleeve. You no longer need to worry about any annoying debris getting trapped in your boots during your hikes. Simply flip down the nylon sleeve over any boot to prevent Mother Nature from finding its way inside, keeping your feet comfortable all day long. To get your first pair, visit FlipSocksWithAZ.com and enter promo code HIKESMIKES10 at checkout to receive 10% off your order. And for listeners who use the promo code at checkout, I'll be donating 100% of the Season 2 promo code proceeds to Big City Mountaineers, who provide transformative experiences through connections to nature that strengthen life skills and build community for youth and disinvested communities across the nation. So if you're tired of bits and pieces of the trail finding its way into your hiking boots, pick up a pair of flip socks today with the promo code HIKESMIKES10 to get 10% off. For website and promo code, See the episode description.